Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, are the Habs really a bottom five team, or can they get out of the cellar in the Atlantic and the NHL? Laura and I debate, and more inside today's show. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 673 of Lockdown Canadians. As always, thank you for making us your first listen. If you are listening to us wherever you get your podcasts, and thank you, as always, for those of you who have subscribed to our YouTube channel, we have very, very exciting news, and we cannot wait to share the actual date of what we are going to be doing. You're going to watch me suffer. Laura's going to make fun of me. Carly is going to make fun of me. We might have some special guests, and we will be doing some kind of AMA with a twist. We will let you know more once we have a hard and fast date. However, I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, just full admission here, we're completely ripping this episode off from our friends over at Locked On Sharks. Thank you, JD, because it is the off season. The Canadians have not signed Kirby Doc, not extended Cole Caulfield, not named Nick Suzuki captain, and not fought the Red Skull on top of the Statue of Liberty next to Captain America. So, we are going to discuss whether or not the Montreal Canadiens are or are not a bottom five team in the NHL. But before we get into that, how are we feeling uh, right now in the doldrums of summer and nothing is really happening? How do we feel about the Habs now that we've had time to uh, sit a little bit? You know, it's been really interesting because um, if you've been listening to the podcast over the course of the summer, we've been inviting some guests on, some are old friends, some are new friends, and we're going to continue doing that through the offseason. There's a lot of people in the Habs community we want to meet, we want to hear from, you know, scouting and people. And it's really interesting because we also have a lot of commenters on the YouTube. Hi, shout out everybody. Um, and the opinions are many and varied. A lot of people are talking about Connor Bedard. And some people are talking about how there's no way the Canadians will be that bad next season. So we thought, uh, particularly because JD at Locked on Sharks suggested this as a topic because both Scott and I are having uh, extremely terrible weeks. Uh, and I also have to thank Scott for taking this episode. As you noticed, it's a it's an odd numbered episode, but Scott is 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 taking the lead on it. Uh, we we wanted to talk about this because there people just can't agree on this. There's no general consensus. And I think that's totally fair. For me, I think that the Canadians are still going to be a bad team. And people get upset when I say that. And then people get mad at those people that get mad at me. Um, but I just don't think they're going to be a lottery team because I think for me, the key lies in who else is competing for those lottery spots, right? So the Canadians themselves, first of all, there's no way they're going to be as abysmal as they were last year. There's a lot of reasons that we think that they should be better. There's just, for me, a lot of other teams that are worse or are slated to be worse. Like I'm not expecting a whole lot from the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm not expecting a whole lot from the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Buffalo is basically treading water. It seems like, you know, you're looking at the Seattle Kraken who are also trying to get a lottery pick again. Uh, you know, Scott brought up Winnipeg, which was a really interesting one that I hadn't even thought about uh, being bad. The Philadelphia Flyers are just 
careening off a cliff. So I think the context matters because I don't think the Canadians are going to be a lottery team just based on the fact that there are at least five teams worse than they are. But I also think that there's a couple of things at play, right? We're doing like, will they be a better team? First of all, a full season of Martin St. Louis. Second, they've got a new defensive coach. So hopefully that is an injection of new ideas, new structure. Uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the defensive roles of this team, and I, I don't think we need to rehash them. Third, there's a lot of players that had rough seasons that turned it around under Martin St. Louis, and there's no reason for us to think that that won't continue, right? It's not like Cole Caulfield massively overperformed over the course of the season. Yes, he was shooting at a really high rate uh, towards the end, but that that's going to average out. So he's going to have a better year overall on average, right? Nick Suzuki also started out. He was, he was one of the people that wasn't bad all year, but he also, you know, really found it under Martin St. Louis. And we expect him to kick it into another gear once his contract is like, now that his contract is kicking in, you know, there's young guys that want to prove themselves that want to stay on this team. Just think about every time they call up somebody from Laval, whether it's Raphael Harvey Pinard, who might even be a full-time NHLer at this point, anytime like these, these, Young players know that there's a huge opportunity to be part of the core going forward, to be to be on this team, to be part of that, you know, whenever they expect, expect to contend. Now is a time to prove themselves to the front office and the coaches before they start getting traded away for assets, right? That's really, really important. I'm glad you mentioned, too, like, I, I Philadelphia is one of those teams that, because I'm looking at the NHL standings right now, and I'm like, okay, who got better, who got worse in the offseason? And yeah, I don't have the rosters in front of me. And we're going to talk a little bit about predictions and why we think the opposite. I think they can't possibly have as bad a season as last year where every cataclysmic thing went wrong. Bad offseason. Carey Price was injured. Uh, Joel Edmondson was not ready to start the season. Everyone struggled because it turns out Dominique Ducharme was not a good coach. Front office dysfunction related to that coach. Cole Caulfield, everyone's struggling. I don't think it can possibly be that bad. Do I think they're going to be a good team? No, 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 no. I am not saying that. I don't expect this team to be a playoff or even a fringe team next year. I think they will be much better than 55 points. And I think that bottom half of the Atlantic division will be a lot more competitive. Well, even more so because it literally went 75, 74, 73 points for five, sixth, and seventh in the that division. A whole year of Martin saying the we a full offseason, a full preseason, a very clear message about what this team wants to do helps put focus in that locker room. And you may have the return of Carey Price, assuming he is 100% ready to go. If he is, that's a huge morale boost, something you cannot put a value or a point total or a model statistic to. It, it just is a thing. I don't know how else to describe it, and you just have guys that do want to prove themselves. You have a whole team of guys who might be like Michael Pozzetta last year. They go, I got to make this work or I'm going somewhere else or, you know, it's over with. You have pieces that are probably going to be traded. Evgeny Dodonovs, a potential Mike Hoffman, uh, Yol Armia, et cetera. You have guys who are going to be hungry. The team can't possibly be as bad as last year. I think a new coach is going to help. And I think Martin St. Louis, we're going to see, you know, bumps in the road. But we're going to see what he's made of in this. I think by the fact that they hit rock bottom, they can only go up. And like you said, Chicago's going to be a mess. Philadelphia is going to be a disaster. Some team in the Metro, and it could be New Jersey. It's going to be Philadelphia, obviously. 
could fall off a cliff again too. At some point, other teams are going to stop being that good. I still think Winnipeg, obviously Arizona is going to be bad. They, they don't have an NHL team. They don't have an NHL arena. It's a, a joke. Winnipeg is on the cusp of just falling off a cliff. I think Montreal is going to be in that bottom 10 very easily. I do not think they're going to be in the lottery, at least not right now. But that's if everything goes to plan. Coming up in our next segment, what happens if everything just goes off the rails again? Laura and I are going to discuss what that means coming up next. But first, you're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are often tragic and are often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. And that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. We are back, and folks, I, I got to be real honest here. As much as we think the Canadians are going to be improved this upcoming season because, quite frankly, the bar is embedded six feet into the ground next to Jimmy Hoffa somewhere, they could still somehow trip over this because they're not going to be great. They're not going to be good. And my biggest fear with this team right now, and there's – Two big question marks. What happens when Martin St. Louis hits a sophomore coaching slump because all coaches go through them? Can he work his way out of it? Whereas Dominique Ducharme just kind of threw up his hands and went, ah, well, what if we send Cole Caulfield to the AHL? And that was his solution. And what happens if the goaltending isn't sorted out? We don't know what's going on with Carey Price. Yes, Jake Allen is here. Yes, they signed Samuel Montembeau. There's Caden Primo still. There's a lot of question marks in that group there. And Laura, I'm not crazy. I, we have faith in Martin St. Louis as a coach. I know he's still very unproven by coaching standards, but I can't help, but feel that little trepidation going, well, what happens if it's a dead cat bounce or a new coach bounce, whatever you want to call it. And the Habs still struggle next year. I think we have to prepare ourselves for that possibility. Mostly because you're looking at this team. They haven't even figured out who's going to be on the roster yet. There's a bunch of people who haven't even been signed. Who's going to be the starting goaltender? Can you answer that question for me right now? No, you can't. Right? It's you, the listener, and the friends we made <laughs> along the way at this point. That's what it is. And that's who the real starting goaltender is, right? <laughs> that's one. Two, the whole right side of the defense is a question mark. There's tons of young players with potential in this system at every position. We're not saying superstars. We're saying there's tons of young players with potential in the system, including potential superstars, guys who, if they hit their ceiling, are going to be magnificent. There's a lot of question marks, right? All of those things need to be tested out. Every single one of those players is going to need to be given a chance, whether you're talking about their nine-game limit or you're talking about their staying in the AHL and we're just not going to see them. Um, or you're talking about a guy who breaks out and never gets sent back down, right? We don't know what it's going to look like. So 
the coaching staff also doesn't know what's what that looks like based on their experience in hockey based on what they know based on what the development people and the analytics people tell them they could probably make educated guesses as to how to make this team uh how to get the most out of this team how to get the most out of this roster but they're still lacking in so many things they're either lacking it completely or whatever's there is not ready scott you're making a face I wish I hadn't looked at the depth chart at eyes on the prize or not. Cause I'm like, I know de- right defenseman is like light, but I'm looking at this. There's nobody there. There's nobody in the AHL that is signed to an NHL contract. Like Madison Bowie is likely to be the top right-handed defenseman in Laval this year. And there's I'm to list the right side for everyone right now. And we, I know we talked about this with Sebastian high a, a couple of weeks ago, but it's David Savard, Chris Weidman, Justin Barron, and then Madison Bowie. There's no one else in the AHL right now that is signed to an NHL deal. And then in the prospects, it's Mayu, Kostenko, Sobolev, uh, Miguel Torini, and Arvid Henriksen, whose rights, I believe, expire soon. There is nothing to really inspire confidence in that side. And like Laura said, it, it's a huge question mark. And then in net, it's Carey Price, Jake Allen, Samuel Montembeau, Caden Primo. In the AHL is Joe Verbatic, Kevin Poulan, and... Philip DeRosier, it, there's what happens if we have last year all over again and the, injuries happen. I'm not saying they're going to get through this year injury free. If that happens buy a lotto ticket, that's amazing. It, it feels like there's so many overhanging questions for offensive wise. There's so much that there are guys who should be in the NHL potentially this year who are likely going to be in the AHL this year. Guys like Jesse Alonen, and Rafael Harvey-Pinard are going to start in the AHL this year because there's likely not roster space for them. The right-wing depth right now is Cole Caulfield, Josh Anderson, Brendan Gallagher, Evgeny Dodonov, Yol Armia, Alex Belzeal, and Jesse Alonen. Their forward group's phenomenal on the right side. Down the middle, it's a little hit or miss, but there's bodies there. And then the left side is where the issue is. We're going to see a lot of guys, I think, swapping positions there's got to be a lot of trust there. And if Martin St. Louis can't get it figured out and this team is stagnating, we might see some of that. I, I want to say self-doubt that crept in last year. You saw guys that just looked defeated, shell-shocked. We don't want to see that again. Yeah, losses are going to happen, but you want positive building along the way or you become the Buffalo Sabres or the right. Edmonton Oilers or the Leafs. You tread the water. Lake. Exactly. You don't want to stay in the muck for too long because then you end up like that horse in the never-ending story. Right, exactly. And it's horrifying for everyone to watch. <laughs> and that's the thing is that, like, I have faith in his coaching staff, particularly Martin St. Louis, that a slump will happen no matter what. Like, it's hockey. It's going to happen whether it's players, it's a team. I have faith in him to bring fresh ideas. And that's something that I haven't felt in a long time with old-school hockey coaching and old-school hockey general managing. I think this is going to be something that's going to be really important because I feel like too often we either overemphasize the psychological aspect or we underemphasize it. And so I, for me, I would like for them to have like a balanced approach to it. That's what I want. And so the thing is you're saying like, what if they have another season like last year? Well, then they get a little, another lottery pick out of it. Yeah. Like that. My thought is, is that they're going to fall somewhere in that like seven, eight, nine range. I don't, I can't imagine things being that bad again. I don't think Martin Sinley will allow things to get that bad again. Everyone goes, oh, well, 
his record wasn't that great after he took over. Yeah, he had a, a good start, but then they fell apart. It's like, yeah, because they traded everybody, and half the team was injured. Like, they were missing starting defensemen. They were missing starting wingers. They were missing starting goalies. Like, it was Samuel Montembeau and Caden Primo for how many weeks? Like, it's not a guarantee. A struggling thing. Caden Primo. Yes, and the AHL playoffs reassured a lot of people along the way there. I... I don't want them to finish in the, there are worse things to happen to this team and getting another high pick and then hopefully Florida bombing out would be great. Uh, I, I, it, it feels like there's so many more ways that the season could go wrong than it could go right. But also last year kind of left an imprint on, I think a lot of Habs fans, mine and ours that no matter what you do, they had games where they played well and still lost like five, two, because that's just the way the season went. And I think it's going to take some time to kind of shake off that, you know, little bit of PTSD about that season. I am hoping it is not as bad as last year. There are worse things, but I can't shake that feeling that when something goes wrong, that everyone's going to panic immediately. And we have one segment left talking about this. We're going to give our Atlantic division predictions, just some other various stuff. And that's all coming up in our next segment. But first, today's show is also brought to you by the folks at betonline.net. We're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Get all your favorite sports and events in the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. There's MLB baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Anything your heart desires, you can bet on at betonline.net. They've got live in-game betting, scores, podcasts, all the news that you need to keep you covered day to day. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Laura. So I had to look up the NHL standings mostly because I forgot who plays in the divisions because I'm terrible. And well, uh, Arizona has been in the central division now for since Seattle started. Right. And today I was looking for them in the Pacific division power rankings. Just spoiler alert. We did power ranking voting uh, at locked on with all the hosts. And I was like, where's Arizona? I wanted to rank them last. I ended up ranking Vegas last. So my thought, you well, yes, because they're going to be terrible. They don't have a starting goalie and half their team is falling apart and they can't put half of them on there until they put half the team on LTIR. Besides the point, I am <laughs> looking at the Atlantic right now and it, it's likely more competitive than it has ever has been, but it still has such a depth between top teams and bottom teams. Cause last year, the four teams that made the playoff out of the, Atlantic were Florida, who won the President's Trophy. Toronto had 115 points. Tampa had 110. And Boston, who had 107. The Bruins have got markedly better. Patrice Bergeron is back in the fold for at least another year. David Krejci is back. But I believe uh, they're starting defense. Uh, uh, not Dougie Hamilton. Charlie McAvoy and Brad Marchand are not set to start the season. I don't know if David Pasternak was banged up too. I think I saw that. I'm not 100% sure. I want to say they're all out for some length of time at the beginning of the season is my understanding. And some of them for long. I think Brad Marchand was going to be out the longest. And my point with this is I'm not saying Boston is going to miss the playoffs, but they're going to be chasing that fourth spot. I think they're going to come on strong and late once all these guys are back. If I'm starting at the top, and I can't believe I'm saying this, and I hate to say this, this division is Toronto's to lose. But there are a lot of question marks. They didn't do a lot to fix their goaltending. They let Jack Campbell go. 
and they went out and got um, Ilya Samsonov, and they went out and got Matt Murray, neither of whom has been a proven starter in the NHL in a little bit of time. Matt Murray has been bad, to be quite frank with it, and Toronto hasn't done a lot to address their depth needs on offense, but Florida, I think, is going to take a step back. They hired Paul Maurice as their head coach, hired Sylvain Lefebvre as one of his assistants, and are coming off a season where they had all the things go right for them and then traded Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Wieger and got Matthew Kachuk. Florida, I think, is going to take a step back, and then lurking in there is Tampa, and who knows what Tampa will be on a given year. I don't think we're going to see these we're not going to see three 50 win teams in this division, but I do think it's those same four teams that will make the playoff again. I think it'll go Toronto, Tampa, Florida, Boston next season. And Laura, I'm curious who you think will be in the, how you would order your top half of the Atlantic next year. Okay. Nobody yell at me. It's going to be Toronto, Tampa. Okay. I think that's a given. Florida for me is a huge wild card. They could be that third spot or they could be like the bottom two, right? I think Detroit and Ottawa made a lot of moves to take steps forward, but I still think that they're going to be mediocre. I don't think they're going to be bad, bad. I think they're just going to be like, eh, right? So we're still looking at a Toronto, Tampa, Florida top three. Uh, I think that Ottawa really did change the, the dynamic of their team uh, in the offseason. I think they, they, they did some, they made some moves that would make their fans happy. But as a Montreal Canadiens fan, I will obviously hope that those moves crash and bang um, and fall apart. And, you know, Ottawa ends up like not in the basement because I don't want them to get a lottery pick, but I want them to like, not just miss the playoffs, but like convincingly miss the playoffs. That's that's what I want. But they, you know, like I think that they're a pretty good bet for fourth in the division. And then it's going to be Detroit. And then who am I forgetting? And then Buffalo. Buffalo? No, Buffalo is going to be seven. Montreal is going to be eight. So who I, am I missing? I forgot someone. Boston. Florida, Toronto, to, yeah, Boston. Boston. Yeah. So I think Ottawa is going to come ahead of Boston, but none of them are going to make the playoffs because I think Boston is still good. Like we said, but they're going to have a lot of their good players missing out on a lot of time. And they're still pretty thin. Boston being a good team, it's not a deep thing. Uh, it's not a deep team. That is that is why I think that they're not going to be that good. Yeah. And I kind of look at the wild card here is that, yeah, three teams from the Atlantic will make it. So we assume across the board for us, that's going to be Toronto, Tampa, and potentially Florida. Boston got that first wild card spot. They're, that might be another Metro team or something like that. I... I when I look at the, the metro bot- team, the, sorry, the metro division. That's as uh, our friend Jay from Locked On Blue Jackets puts it, is the Thunderdome division. The Islanders might be getting a lot better. Like Nazem Kad apparently is signed, but they're not announcing it because Lula Amarillo is this crusty old geezer who wants to do things his way, and it's infuriating. Like Columbus went out and did things like sign Erica Branson, but then got Johnny Gaudreau. Like. Who the hell knows? We know all we know about that division is that New Jersey and Philadelphia are going to be terrible. Which, what are you going to do? Uh, the bottom half of the Atlantic for me is I think Montreal is going to be potentially last in the division again, but I think they're going to be much more competitive. I think also Buffalo is a wild card in terms of are they going to take that next step? 
They still don't really have a proven goaltender. They're waiting on Devin Levi and Eric Portillo, who went back to college this year to turn pro and then really go for it. Detroit has all these young guys. They Detroit feels like they're going to be back to being a playoff team soon. And your point about Boston is a very good one because if what happens if they fall right down that without all these guys here? So the bottom half of the division, I think Montreal could rival Ottawa. I think Ottawa has good players and could be a very good team. They still don't have goaltending and they still don't have a very good defense. Not saying that Montreal does, but we've seen teams that try to outscore their problems. Eventually it doesn't happen. So I think it's going to go Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa, Montreal, but that bottom five there, I think could be shuffled depending on any kind of hot streak. I don't think any of them are going to sniff the playoffs. But I think we're going to see this that entire division. It's going to be a bloodbath across the board. Like Montreal doesn't like Ottawa. Ottawa doesn't like Montreal. You know, Detroit doesn't like Tampa and Boston and Toronto. Like every game is going to be competitive. They might not be equal talent levels, but I think the Habs can compete in there. I don't think they're going to come close to winning the division. I think next year, not this upcoming season, but the season after that is when they should start pushing to try and make the playoffs. You've got to do it at that point if you've got your pieces in place. But I don't think the Habs are going to be walked over this year. I really don't. I don't think Martin St. Louis is going to let that happen. Laura, do you have any opinions or thoughts you want to get out before we say goodbye to our listeners and viewers? Send us mailbag questions. Yes, we will be doing the mailbag for Friday. So we were recording that Thursday evening. So please, 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 please. Send us your mailbag questions. We will let you all know about our very special AMA once I have all the pieces in place for what we need. As always, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Follow Laura at The Active Stick. Follow myself at Scott Matla. Subscribe on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and we will see you all next time.